This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Scooby Shack Radio, Season 6, Episode 132, recorded Monday, February 26th, 2024. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone, and as always, thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Well, I hope you had a great couple of weeks as we made our way through Valentine's Day and then President's Day. I guess there were lots of flowers and lots of chocolates and a lot of sales going on. And then right after the last show, we got hit with a pretty good snowstorm. I shouldn't be surprised. February often delivers these kinds of storms. Just when you think winter has run its course... Bam, we get hit again. Now, on a, one of the positive signs for many people, however, is that baseball's spring training has started. Now, I can remember as a kid how I wish I could be down there in Clearwater with the Phillies when they started in February. It seemed so unreal that they were playing baseball while I was freezing cold as I walked to school. Yep, walked uphill both ways. Now, on today's show... I'm going to talk a little bit about a challenge you might run into with your local dive shop, and that's with renting gear. But up first, let's do some shop updates and then a little bit of wet notes. Yes, it is winter up here in New England, and and as I said at the top of the show, the day after I posted episode 131, we got hit with our biggest snowstorm of the season. It was the most impactful. So we started off these last two weeks by being closed the first day. Just when you think you'll dodge the snow, it shows up. I also started my second year on the DEMA Board of Directors. We started with a board orientation meeting, and then the next day we met to have our first uh, meeting of 2024. All of our uh, board meetings are done by Zoom now, except for uh, the one that we have just prior to the show. It was really great to reconnect and to welcome the new board members. There's a lot on the plate this year, and I'm really looking forward to all the work ahead. Our big event over the past two weeks was our first open water class of 2024, In the past, we started in January, but this year we decided to wait until February. The class was full, and for this class, I was back in the water assisting. We like to have two instructors in the pool along with our dive masters for our normal class size of eight. One of our instructors planning to work the class got sick, so I had to step in at the last minute to replace him. We pride ourselves on a high dive professional-to-student ratio, 
And from the big smiles on everyone's face after the confined water dives, I think our customers appreciate that as well. Now, not only did we have a full open water class, we had a full class of divers taking their refresher courses along with a Discover Scuba class. And then there were several divers doing some pool practice. We certainly filled the pool. And finally, I received an advanced copy of the latest Scuba Diving Industry magazine from William Klein. And I'm really thrilled to have an article being published this month on new diver motivation. Now, this article was based on the presentation that I did at DEMA uh, last year. So, 2024 continues to be a very busy time here at Scuba Shack. First up, for anyone who's planning to attend the DEMA show in Las Vegas in this November, the hotel block is now open for you to make your reservation. The block has opened earlier than normal this year. You see, the Las Vegas Grand Prix starts just as DEMA is winding down, so there's a lot of concern about room availability. DEMA has contracted some really great rates at the Westgate and Renaissance Hotels. To book your room, just go to demashow.com and then click on the travel menu item. Opening up the hotel block now is just one of the steps that DEMA has taken to make folks uh, feel more confident about getting to Las Vegas for the show. I'm really looking forward to it this November. About a week or so ago, I got an email from Undercurrents. Now, in that email, there was a short paragraph that said 100% PADI or not at all, and that PADI now requires all dive centers working under the PADI banner to train divers exclusively with PADI. Whoa, that was news to me here in the U.S. So I reached out to our PADI regional manager, and he quickly clarified that this was only part of the story. You see, a few years ago, Dive centers in the Pacific uh, or in the PADI, Europe, Middle East, and Africa regions requested this change, and it was implemented. It should be noted, however, that this is not the case in PADI Americas. Dive centers retain the flexibility to offer certifications from other reputable agencies depending on preference and demand. If PADI America dive centers do offer other agency certifications, it may change their PADI five-star rating. I'm going to uh, do a little bit more uh, digging on that and see how and when that happens, and I'll relay that information on later. So, as you can see, when you see these types of statements being made, you just realize you may have to go a little deeper because, as they say, there's always more to the story. So here's another quick update on the Oceanic Plus Housing and iPhone app. Now, I had the opportunity to take it to the pool. The results were the same. For about 30 minutes, the computer was working just fine. Then I decided to take a few photos of the class. I got one shot in, and when I pressed the shutter, the app aborted again. When I opened the housing and fired up the app, the dive mode was locked out for another 46 hours. Now, oddly enough, there was another diver in the pool doing some practice, and he had an oceanic housing that he had borrowed from a friend. He didn't have any issues. So I'm wondering if the app is just not working properly with my older iPhone SE. I didn't get uh, what phone he was using. 
The challenges uh, with the battery life uh, for older phones remains. I started with 98%, jumped in the pool, and after about 30 minutes, I was down to about 47% battery. I have again reached out to Oceanic. I'll let you know how things go down the road. Okay, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you might recall that I always try to give you the latest update on new diver certifications. Well, the Q4 2023 uh, certification census just came out. And let's start with the overall number of open water certifications for Q4. And that came in at 25,263. For the full year, the open water certification number was 128,255. Once again, the industry numbers are down. Here's what it looks like compared to last year. Q4 2023 is down by 2,000 certifications from Q4 2022. For the full year, the number is down 3,750 from 2022. If we look at pre-pandemic numbers, Q4 2019 stood at 30,570 compared with last year. Uh, which was 25,263. And then for the full year of 2019, that number was 150,769 versus last year's 128,255. When you look at the percentages for pre-pandemic versus 2023, open water certification uh, are down 14.9%. The trend continues to move down. The question we need to understand is, why? It's hard to believe that the uh, Deepwater Horizon oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico happened 13 years ago. I was reminded of this from an article on Deeper Blue by John Liang, where he reported on a recent ocean science meeting in New Orleans. Even after this length of time, deepwater corals remain damaged. Some coral communities have seen limited recovery, while others are showing no sign of recovery and possible decline. The event was and still is catastrophic. Back in 2010, the oil spill uh, dumped 134 million gallons of crude oil into the Gulf over 87 days. I doubt if there will ever be a full recovery. Let's wrap up with an update from Lake Hydra in Bethlehem, PA. That's the new name for Dutch Springs, which formally closed in 2022. I got word that they are planning to reopen on April 20th this year. Now, access to Lake Hydra is by reservation only, and according to their website, you can only get in with a dive master, instructor, scuba center, uh, or somebody who's running an organized event. The venue will be primarily for training and certification. I couldn't find out uh, uh, much about how this will operate, but I think the instructor or dive shop will purchase the tickets for their customers. Now, I've reached out to them, and I'll give you an update when I hear back. Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio.
We hear the term local dive shop a lot in our industry. We hear it all the time. Support your local dive shop. And there are so many people who do support their local dive shop. And more importantly, they know their local dive shop. They know what they're good at, what equipment they offer, and more importantly, they know what not to expect from their local dive shop. Now, the term local dive shop is a little bit too generic for me because they're very different based on where they're located, who their customers are, and what they're good at. And the expectation that a local dive shop is going to be the same no matter where you go is just not realistic. And I'm going to focus on one specific area of a local dive shop today, and that is renting gear. A local dive shop is a business. And businesses need to look at their markets and make decisions on how best to serve their clients. These decisions dictate where they make their investments and where they allocate their time. So let's take a look at an example and one that I know pretty well. My local dive shop, ours. Now the shop has been in continuous operation since 1977. And obviously things have changed since then. Customers, demographics, the economy, lifestyles, they all influence how a business needs to evolve. Sometimes that evolution is slow, and sometimes it must change rapidly. As I look at our business today, the focus of our local dive shop centers around three main areas, equipment sales, travel, and training. Yes, we do service and maintenance, but those are the big three. Equipment sales and travel are our two biggest revenue generators for the shop. But training is the starting point. As a dive shop, we really need to create our long-term clients. Once they learn to dive, they then move into the equipment purchases and travel with us. So with this in mind, we have focused our equipment investments in training. I have invested in high-end buoyancy compensators, reliable brand name regulators, and dive computers. All this to ensure that our students have the best gear possible. Here's an example. All of our affiliated dive professionals here at Scuba Shack use the Halcyon backplate and wing. We believe it offers superior performance and stability. Well, a couple of years ago, I looked at our open water divers and I thought, if we think we uh, dive a superior BC, why aren't we putting our open water students in the same rig? And that's what we did. I invested in Halcyon Infinity BCs for training, so everyone starts with that BC. Because this gear is essential to our ability to provide an optimal training experience, we just don't rent it out. If folks are continuing their training with us, like a buoyancy class or advanced open water, then we'll use that equipment. I just don't make it available to rent to the general public. Rental gear sometimes gets abused, dropped, thrown in the trunk of cars, dragged through the sand. Uh, that's one, those are some of the reasons we don't want to rent out the gear that we use for training. Now, Another thing is our shop is not exactly in a place where there's a lot of flow business for diving and rental. I'll give you an example of what I consider a flow business for diving and rental. When I went to the dive at the Blue Heron Bridge in Riviera Beach, there was a dive shop just before the bridge where you could rent anything you needed to dive. The Blue Heron Bridge is one of the best uh, dives in the United States, and um, there's a constant flow of divers renting gear every day. The shop has the rental down to a science and has invested in the gear to meet their customers' needs. More importantly, the rental income is a significant revenue stream. For us, the rental revenue is minimal and an insignificant impact to our top line. 
And that's not because we don't offer rental gear. It's because the market for rental gear is just not here in this location. So, like I said, that doesn't mean that we don't have some equipment for rent. We do. But sometimes customers are not happy with the style or the fit that we have to offer. We have not invested in high-end rental gear. Our gear is from a reputable manufacturer and is maintained properly and fully functional. It's basic scuba gear. And here's another thing. Part of becoming a competent diver, in my opinion, is that the gear you, uh, that you use routinely should be fitted properly to you and comfortable. Some people don't believe that the gear they're using uh, contributes to their competence in the water and that they should be able to use any various rental gear. I would disagree, and sometimes I get pushback on that. I can only say, okay, here's what we've got to offer for rental. Now, as I indicated earlier, our primary revenue driver is equipment sales. We need our clients to purchase gear. We take pride in spending a lot of time educating our customers and guiding them through their purchase. We put packages together to meet their budget, while at the same time ensuring that they're getting quality, reliable gear. And when these customers purchase their gear, they tend to come on dive trips with us. But I also get some that prefer to rent when they travel. So I want to wrap this up by saying that even though we use the term local dive shop pretty generically, local dive shops aren't generic. Just remember, the dive shop is a business, and as a business, they focus on what they're good at and the elements that keep them in business. Renting scuba gear may or may not be one of those elements. Okay, I got that off my chest. And now it's time to look ahead. And I just looked at the calendar and realized that the next show will be after we move the clocks ahead and gain that extra hour of daylight. Well, not actually. We just shift the goalposts. Someday, maybe we'll abandon this practice. Until then, thanks for tuning in to Scuba Shack Radio, and I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.